everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Beats Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. I'm joined by my chief of staff, Hallie Warner. Good morning, Hallie. Morning. So you and I have both been reading the book um, by Scott Galloway, um, mm-hmm. post-corona. And I think it's just fascinating in general that um, there is information or a book already written um, about what it's going to be like outside of this. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised. I guess it just caught me off guard a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think he wrote it in September, so yeah. it's been out for a little while. Yes, it has. Um, but I also think it's important for all of us to see what challenges as leaders, remember all leaders, whether you're an employee or running a company, that you're going to face in 2021. And I think that's really what we kind of want to draw upon today is there was a lot (laughs) that happened in 2020, right? I mean, from the beginning, first couple months to just shutdowns everywhere. I mean, nobody would have predicted that to, if you would have asked people if like, you know, everyone in the world is going to be wearing a mask and they go outside, people would have been like, you kidding me? There's no way. Right. Even when it first started, people were like, I'm not wearing a mask. It was like a constitutional thing. Right. And then just, yeah. just, everyone adopted it and just started doing it. Yeah. I was going to say that. And I think the um, week, week of March 3rd or whatever that week was, I was in the Bahamas and That's I was right. like, life is great. Yes. And tra- you know, I was traveling yeah. internationally. Yeah. Wait, wait, you tra- wait, people travel. So, yeah. And then I came back and I was like, okay, this, there's this something is real. Happening. Yes. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. I remember we were actually trying to book an event that we were doing and we we're like, oh, this will pass in like six to 45 oh, yeah, days. Was at the end Do you remember March. that? Yeah. We were like, literally yeah. like, this is, oh, don't worry. We'll be able to have people in here. Yeah. I'm just positive for like two weeks. Yeah. Like it'll be fine. Right. And then, you know, it didn't. And obviously it's grown to what it is. And so first of all, what lessons can we draw upon from 2020? And then really, how is that, how, what, what crises or leader or, or opportunities are going to be there too in 2021, but what are you going to face? And I think the kind of onset of this conversation starts from you and I having this conversation just about that coronavirus in general, this change, right? This little tiny virus that's smaller than a piece of hair, right? Has caused so much um, acceleration of things that were already happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the most important things that people need to look at into 2021 is, okay, what did this accelerate and how is it going to affect my business? How is it going to affect me? How's it going to affect my family? How's it going to affect our personal life? And so you start to look at what trends were absolutely accelerated. And I think in one in the books and I've, in different articles, they talk about, you know, I think it was home delivery of food. Um, I think it was like in the first 10 years of it kind of happening, it was like maybe represented like call it like, I don't know the exact numbers. You can quote me on this people listening, but it was somewhere around like six or 8% or something like that actually got their food delivered. And then in like a three month period of time, it went from like six or 8% to like 28 or 26%. Right. And then by the, like another three months after that, it was like, 40%. So yeah, because he was talking about how people were like, like to buy their own produce yeah, exactly. and they like to actually like see the food or, yes. and the new, the new normal is yes. who cares yeah. as long as it gets delivered, you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. And just like, and then what technology is going to drive that? And then how right. does that drive your business? Right. And that's why I always keep, you're looking at this as like, what can we learn, but how is this going to impact us in our business and how can we get ahead of it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the, the conversation here is, is to point you, to orient you, to start thinking about how you're going to be getting ahead of this once you're through this. I mean, we have uh, vaccines out there. There's kind of laid out kind of paths all the way going out to May or June. If things kind of hit properly as terms of, when things are going to happen and back or kind of kick back on, by the way, as a side note, regardless of what business you're in, you're listening to this. If you, um, hospitality, travel, leisure, the minute that the world starts to feel safe about travel and it, it's going to happen fast, right? Like it'll be like, nobody's really traveling. Nobody's really traveling. Then all of a sudden, like 
TSA reported a million visitors today, then 2 million visitors, and then it's just going to go up. And everyone instantly, when that happens, everyone's going to go do what? Travel. Travel. They're going to go book. And so the, they're instantly, no matter if you're, whether you're buying things on Amazon or you're looking for a car or looking for real estate, those items are going to take a back seat when that economy of that sector, hospitality and leisure is going to, is going to erupt. It's been Poor, it's been probably the most devastated, you know, airlines, hospitality, leisure, restaurants, right? Right, which is so interesting because then, because the real estate market is booming because yes. everyone's home. Um, savings accounts, I think, I don't get the highest the, they've don't ever quote been me on the percentage, in but the highest that they've ever been. But you're right, that's because people are not allowed to spend their discretionary income. Not allowed, but you know what I mean? Yes. It's more difficult to spend their discretionary income well, it on, feels like you're <laughs> yeah, <not allowed. laughs> on travel, hospitality, yes. leisure, um, retail to yeah. some degree. So, yeah, that's so interesting because it's, yeah, there's all that pent up demand for experiences. Why do you think about our own personal consumption? Like whether, you know, you don't have to go on a $10,000 vacation or a hundred thousand dollar vacation, but you're going to travel, you can go camping or whatever. Just mm -hmm. camp. I mean, campgrounds were shut down, right? Yeah. I mean, national parks were shut down. So all of a sudden, like when everyone feels comfortable, everything's going to be booked. People are going to be aggravated that they can't get in anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like it's already going to, it's going to happen that way because everyone's going to go online and try to book and they're like, we're booked, we're booked, we're booked, trying to get people back in there. So one of these challenges in hospitality is actually how can you get enough help back to your organization, right? right to be able to handle the demand like, because yeah. it's not going to be, it's not going to be this gradual thing. It'll, it at least it won't feel that way. It'll be gradual. Then all of a sudden it'll just go like the geometric growth and everyone wants to travel again. So just think about that in terms of how that's going to impact your business. Is that going to impact your business because it's going to help it and it's going to increase sales and you have to worry about demand and you have to start building a bench for these things and these people, or is this going to take away attention from your current business? Because maybe you're doing okay right now. Like, again, you mentioned real estate. It's doing very well because the, the psychology of a buyer and seller or a consumer of a house has changed. They're no longer, I think for a long period of time for 10, 15, 20 past years, Houses have been like a jumping point. It's I almost look at like a locker room, right? It's like a or a locker that you have in school. Like people, you kind of jump in, right? You throw your stuff in there. You, maybe you grab some things that you need for the next thing, and you're off to the next race, the next adventure, the next hobby, the next activity, the next dinner that you're going to. But that's right? only happened since what you'd say like the 90s, 80, 90s maybe. Well, I, th I think in the 80s and 90s, people lived in their houses a lot. Yeah, yeah. They, they, so it's they were, more of like 2000. Yes, that's why I say the last 10, 15, 20 years, people have really... I lost that part. Yeah, it's okay. It happens. <laughs> I know you're just tuning out, but um, that that really has really affected people. And yeah. so they're kind of looking at it like, I don't really need that much square foot. I don't really need this because you're not home. Mm -hmm. And then when the when the pandemic what hit... what they do want is outdoor space. Yes, they do. Well, the, people want outdoor space now because they're at home. Yes. People want a home office. or They call them Zoom rooms now, right? It's yeah. going to be really fascinating to see this. This is another thing that leaders are going to face in there is if you're leading people and you have employees, how to handle remote work, which we'll get into in a second. Mm -hmm. But um, that's, uh, you know, people are looking for designated Zoom rooms, right? They're looking for places where they can, you know, if you have kids at home where they can actually go and work, right? If that becomes a trend or even kids you have in college that are going to now go remote, which I think we'll talk about the education system too, but I don't mean necessarily K through 12, but really the college educational system of how that's going to change, right? And how that experience changes with, within investing into all this technology and as technology becomes even cheaper to allow a lot of these things to actually happen. So when we think about this acceleration of trends, this mass acceleration of trends, one of the, from a psychology perspective, people have 
the trend is to look at their life. Mm-hmm. It's like to pause for a second and go, do I really need to say f- yes to four things in an evening? Do I really need to be involved in seven clubs? Right. Or do I really need to be going to 11 birthday parties over the weekend? I have been using that for like years. So but. do you, yeah, this is actually inter- interesting that you said that because I do think that the, the pandemic is making everyone stop and consider all those things that you said. And yet, do you think that that was actually a, tr- a trend over the past few years? I, I am kind of leaning towards yes. Like I'm thinking in the 80s, maybe even 90s, it was all about work, right? I'm like total in collection of things, total workaholics, really materialistic. And I do mm-hmm. think that over the past, I don't know, maybe 10 or 20 years, and we've seen it, especially in the past, maybe three or four, this um, the uh, spiritual growth and um, personal growth has become so yeah. much more mainstream and people are really, like you said, evaluating their lives and, um, and you know, how much do they really want to work? Where do they want to work? All of that stuff. And I almost feel like the pandemic has accelerated that, that it's no longer sexy to be a workaholic. It's actually almost the opposite. Like I want this full life. Yeah. I mean, that's a psychological trend. That's just a, that's, it's pushing it. Right. I mean, I was just on a podcast and they said, well, what is one of the most fascinating trends you've seen? And I said, well, it's the fascination of, of having a holistic life. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can unpack that word in a whole bunch of different ways. And I think people throw that word out there, but it's like, I think the trend, this pandemic forced people into more of a, an actionable holistic life, right? It's mm-hmm. not just a, a thought anymore. Or like a nice to have. Nice to have I or like, like a perk to, or yeah. a benefit or some idea about what that would look like. like And actually I want to work from home one or two days a week. Well, now it's a reality. Yeah. Well, no, you'd be working home for seven days a week. Right. (laughs) And and some some people people are right. And that's, 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 that's a challenge or an opportunity, right? However you want to look at those things. So yeah, the psychology of the buyer and the consumer has changed in the human being really of like, what do I want? So while people are probably go back to doing some sort of sports, the majority of people that I know that we've communicated with and have kind of shared things, they're not going to go back to saying yes to everything. They actually really enjoy being at home. Mm-hmm. Actually, and then think about from a business side. Think, I was just going to say, is it really about, well, maybe it is. Is it really about being at home or is it about having those more meaningful conversations and relationships and interactions with your family? Well, I think the answer is yes to both of that. And what I would say is that I think it's about being at home because that's where you have those meaningful interactions. Right. It has forced you to actually exactly exist with each it's other. It's forced you to have a divorce or running, forced you to right. get really close running to running off on different activities. It's actually forced you to decide whether or not you actually like each other. Yeah. Well, that, that's exactly right. So like when you're come together on these conversations, it's like very easy to be not in a relationship or not having to really have those deep conversations or just sitting around by a fireplace because you're doing this sport and you're running over here and you're going to this thing, you're going out with your girlfriends over here and you've got to travel for business over there. Right, you're busy, busy, you're busy. busy, busy, busy. And that has stopped. And that's what I mean by that is that is kind of paused. And so that can be, that's going to be a, a, a challenge or an opportunity, depending on how people see it. If they want people to go back the way that that was, you're going to be fighting reality for a while. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of bring this back to employers a little bit. So you're right. I'm with you on all that stuff, like those trends for, for, for the individual. Well, then what are the impacts for employers who may not get that 60, 70 hour work week out of their employees? Or actually you mentioned the travel um, previously, about people in the hospitality industry, but I actually think, well, what about the employers who now have 10 employees who all want to go on a trip over the next two months? Yeah. And they're all gone all of a sudden. Yeah. There's two questions in there. Yeah. I, I actually, I think I brought this up on uh, one of our four and ones recently that we had, or maybe I, I did in my head and I didn't communicate it. <laughs> maybe. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but I was thinking about that as about 
trying to figure out if everyone wants to go on vacation at the same time, yeah. how, cause everyone's going to want to go in the summer. The minute it opens up, like you got to be thinking ahead about that and getting policies oh, yeah. around there. If you've got a lot of employees or even a limited number of employees, who's handling that? Cause everyone's going to want to be gone. And every, or if you, you have an unlimited paid time off policy. Yes. Yeah. You're gonna have to figure out yeah. in there. Which like, we have built in, in yes. our policy, we have built in, you have to ask permission and it can't adversely affect the business. Um, but yeah, we also want to give our employees what they want. To a you know, it, it, and I, I think going back to the, we asked about the 60, 70 hour work week for those people. Yeah. I think what it comes down to is how productive can you make people? Mm-hmm. And I think for what we're seeing so far with most people, knowledge-based workers at home, they've actually been more productive and they're actually saving time. So instead of having to get dressed and drive in and then take a lunch hour and do these different things of wasting time doing those things, most people can gain an hour back out of their day. Right. From just working from home. I would I, I don't know what the stat is. I'd love to see what the stat is on that, because I also anecdotally, I've heard both. I've heard exactly what you said. And then I've heard um, people with kids. They're well, actually far well, less productive. Well, well, there's yes, that's not anecdotal. That's just truth. I mean, right, if you have right. kids. So I productivity have hasn't necessarily increased being well, home. It, it, it for people who do not have kids, it has increased. Okay. You didn't say that. Well, thank you for clarifying <laughs> that for people that have kids that are at home. Um, it's, it's been a much or more difficult child, yeah, out, yes. child care, having someone who can come to the home and take care and help with the, ch- the kids. Yeah. Well, especially when you have kids that are at home, yeah. um, that are not in school, but what we're going to see most likely is school going back full time. So that should remove that into a certain extent. Being that okay. the kids, when they go back to school, if you have them, most likely at some point in time over the next, you know, three or four months will be full, if you're not already, in full-time school. So in 2021, we'll most likely see all the kids going back to full-time enrollment into their K through 12. As that happens, it's going to free up um, parents to be able to focus, actually, I think, being more productive because they don't have to worry about driving the kids there than driving to the office. They can either get the kids to school or get the bus and then be there instantly to be able to work into that, into how they need to do it. So from an employer standpoint, it comes down to not as much the hours as how productive can I make people? Then this is going to lead into, you know, so if people are at home three or four days a week or whatever that looks like are full time, do you provide benefits to them? Do you buy them? Do you give them gift certificates for office furniture or better microphones? Or if somebody has a better microphone, do you get them a better chair or do you get them a designated, you know, help them kind of decorate their room so they have because they're in the basement, right? And so there's going to be, or do you give them gift cards because, you know, for $50 a month for snacks, like there's going to be all of these kind of additional perks that are showing up that has an opportunity for you as an employer to get ahead of these trends. I don't even, well, okay, maybe they are kind of perks, but I also am like, are they really perks? Well, I was thinking like the $50 gift card yeah. for. Well, not really. They're only, it's actually just a replacement for what they would normally get if they come to the office, right? It's just a different allocation of resources. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, but it's, it, those are perks still. I mean, office space, I would not say as a perk. No, I'm not saying, but like having like a a new computer or a new mic at your desk because the old one's not as good or like getting some sort of food stuff. But yes, I know. So those are some of the challenges though that people are going to be looking into. So you got to be as an employer, be willing to understand this. And there's going to be a lot of different opinions on that. Yes. And you're going to be clearly we have different. (laughs) Well, I think you just got to, you got to see that. And so how to be as most productive as you can with your employees that are there. And then, then as you start to do that as an, as an employer, as a leader, you have to start going, okay, well, if this is really going to accelerate, then how do we get ahead of this so that we can start building models and systems around it to make people as productive as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's either going to be from working from home. uh, Some of the time it's going to be working from the office. I still firmly believe that it's going to be, 
sometime at home and sometime at the office. I think generally speaking, the people that I've referred to really enjoy, um, working from home for a couple of days a week and then also working from the office a couple of days a week. Right. And well, and then I was going to say, and what, what does office even mean these days? Is it yeah. the employer actually, you know, um, leasing an office space or is it the employer just leasing co-working space for yeah. to share like these employees come in two days a week and then the others come in these three days. So, I mean, I feel like that even we say office, like as in our office, but there's so many different types of offices. Yes. And it's you going to, to move into that different space. I think co-working space is going to become even bigger. Which is why you have to define what your business looks like right. and how this is going to affect it. We have a friend of ours who has a full virtual company and he basically pays for, I don't remember if you know exactly what he, he if anybody wants to go on a trip and there's oh, more yeah. than four people, employees that are going, they can go anywhere in the world and work from there. And I think for they, a work trip, for yeah. A work trip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, so if they want to, instead of, cause you reminded me of that when you yeah. said, what is the definition of an office? I yeah. think that's going to change entirely. Totally. Yeah. Maybe, they want to they meet in Hawaii for a week and work. They can. Uh, the company pays for it. Yeah. Well, they, I don't know. They, there's some requirements of what they paid for. Like, I don't remember. Sure, maybe not like all of their alcohol and <laughs> yes, exactly. whatever. But, but they gave it, I think it was like once a quarter they were willing yeah, to do that as yeah. a company because they're not paying this, you know, the $20,000 a month for a space, lease, yeah. for lease. And so it's going to free that up. And if you're somebody who owns a bunch of leased commercial space, then how does that change your model? So right. you can see how every how single use, trend. I was going to say, or how do you use that space and create co-working space that other people will yeah, exactly. From you. Yeah. I mean, exactly. So it's just like, no matter what is happening, there's always going to be a trend to it. And you have to be willing to kind of adjust on the fly, mm -hmm. um, with some strategic thought behind it. So if you own a bunch of commercial space then how's that going to change? What does that look like? Right. And then if from an employee standpoint, what does that look like? And so as you start to kind of think through these things, these are some of the challenges that are going to come up and there's going to be a, there's going to be companies that are doing it. And then there's going to be employees that are seeing companies do it and they're going to want that. And there's going to be employees that are saying, no, that's not employers that are not. So you got to really start thinking through these accelerated changes that have, that are here. Mm -hmm. And then you just got to be very clear and you got to be okay with whatever comes from that. Um, you just got to be willing to be, okay, what is your direction? What are you willing to do? And what do you need to see? Right. I know that a lot of bigger companies right now have extended stay at home, right. And through the end of the year, because they're saying, okay, well, we understand it, but also we're seeing high productivity for, for most people that, that again, that are not dealing with childcare at home. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that becomes a, that becomes an issue too. And then how do you support that? Right. That's the other yeah. thing is you have, if you're an organization that has the ability, remember that because there's some organizations that are barely making it right now. And I get it. It's very difficult, but if you're an organization that has the ability to do that and you have cash tucked away, then how do you support that as well too? Because that can be a right flexible working arrangements. Maybe the person with the children needs to work at home, but they work at 5 AM to 9 AM and then they work again at night. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's knowledge based, but what about yes. people that are not knowledge based? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's not really our experience. I don't, so I don't have as much information to share on that, but, um, I think it makes it way more difficult. They have to report to work if they want to yeah. get paid. Yeah. I mean, and that's why when we're referring to like when hospitality and leisure, which is a lot of those hospitality, leisure and restaurants well, can't work say, from home, even manufacturing or, um, all the people who work in the warehouses who are yeah. shipping all of yes. the products that we are constantly buying consuming. and yeah. consuming. Yeah. All right, listen I to think it. that, that went up, like Amazon is hiring what a thousand 1400 employees a day, a day. Yeah. Mostly in the, I think mostly in their warehouses. Pretty significant. <laughs> it is. It is. And those, if they, if you're working, you have to show up at the, what I said, like facility. I heard like Amazon does 17 million, $17 million in sales every minute. 
Think about that's that for crazy. a second. Yeah. 1,400 employees a day, and they're also bringing in $17 million every minute yeah. in sales. That's just yeah. in, in, absurd of what I guess if you have created. a commercial space, you should sell it to Amazon. Yeah, I mean, that's why Blackstone, right, went in and bought a whole, spent like $9 billion buying warehouse space everywhere. Yeah. And warehouse also is a great kind of buy because it becomes a new hip area. And so regardless of whatever consumers want for physical space, I'm not saying commercial space, it may be a, a bar or maybe a nightclub or maybe a gym or whatever it is, but warehouse gets turned into the kind of next era, right? I even think about like in Burlington here, we had warehouse space and dealer.com went in there and took this warehouse space and made it all of uh, a brand new okay. building and, yes. and doing different things with it. So, so you're saying what, a warehouse now and then something else later? Well, no, like where, if you go invest into warehouses, right? Like that's, I think that's the play in real estate a lot right now. If you want to do it is investing into warehouses because that, that's the next hip era. The reason why they're warehouses is because nobody goes to them. Right. But if you invest in the right location for the right warehouses, they eventually will start to be the next kind of iteration of a downtown or I even think about for in, in our yeah. case, like, except like, who, except who knows with people not actually going, Well, we're not talking about businesses. <laughs> okay. We're talking about, about just any like bars, restaurants, gyms, yes. um, open tech spaces. You How know. do you think those are going to change in 2021? You think they'll be back in full force? Yeah. I think people are craving for that. I think people want those type of environments. I don't know about movie theaters. That would be something that I'd probably be concerned about if I own those. But yeah. I think that people want that interaction to be able to go out and see live concerts. Um, I think those will continue to do very strong if they can survive. And that's the question about if they can survive. I think there's an element that people want on demand access to things like Netflix and obviously those subscription models, which mm -hmm. are great, but people also crave live shows, right? It may not be something that you like necessarily. Um, well, probably not indoors with like 5,000 other people. But what if it's not a problem anymore? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're going, yeah, yes. I get, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, we're moving past post. <laughs> I just, am like, when is the post, right? Is it mid 2021 or is it 2022? Well, I think the, the estimates right now are saying that 20 mid May to June life, as we know, will kind of resorm to its new normal. And I think what we're trying to describe here is what that new normal looks like. And I think you have to look at like what the new normal is for your family and what it is for your business and how it's going to interact with it too. I just always think the timelines are extended. It could be. Yeah. We don't know. And I think that's the other, when I think about the challenges leaders are going to face, I think that's exactly what you just said right there, which is the unknown. Yeah. And I think people need to be okay with the unknown. They need to be okay with being able to sit down and make the best decision they can with information and then make another one. And then another one, regardless whether it was right, you made it at the time you made it, you made it with the best information, with the best intention that you could. And if it ends up being wrong, make another decision. Mm -hmm. But there's so many individuals that run organizations that get par like paralysis. Like I'm just going to wait before I make a decision. There's an element to that that maybe you do wait a little bit or gather a little bit more information. But the, I'm always reminded of the, you know, General Colin Powell's rule, which is the 40-70 principle, where he goes, mm -hmm. if you don't have at least 40% of the information, you shouldn't make a decision. It could be wrong. You could be missing something. But once you get to a maximum of 70%, you've waited too long. Mm -hmm. Anything above 70%, you're now missing the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So you got to find that fine line of, do I have 40% or do I have over 70%? And you got to be somewhere in that middle for making these decisions because these leaders are going to be faced with, again, I mean, leaders as leadering your kids, right? You're a leader leading your family, leading, you know, a division, leading an organization, leading your community. Like all, we all have a voice. And so you have to be willing to 
embrace the unknown, but then at the same time that you're doing that, be willing to make a decision with the best information that you have. And then as you make that, make another one and then another one. And then as you keep doing that, you're gaining more information. You're looking at how that, that decision impacted everybody around you with clarity, not about how it impacted you, how it impacted the organization, the mm-hmm. business and the community. Then you make another one and then you keep going from there. But so that's the, the, when I think about the, the, when you, when we talked, started talking about what are the biggest mistakes or challenges that leaders are going to face in 21, it's really the unknown and it's really accelerating of trends and it's the accelerating of trends, how that leads to the unknown, the acceleration of trends. We can, we can project what that's going to look like, but we don't really know. And the challenge is going to be, um, pivoting. We have to say pivoting and making decisions. Yes. Um, with everything that you just said with, trying to predict the trends and how do they affect your company and really not knowing what's going to happen. But yeah, feeling well, the challenges, the decisions well, around we, it. Well, we look at like the, the, a lot of challenges that are timeless, right? That people have, which is money, people and time. time. Mm-hmm. And you're the, the unknown has to do with money, people and time. Right. And so I think that's one of the biggest leadership lessons that you can take into 2021 is there's going to be an unknown and the unknown is going to be around people you, your family, your kids, how that interacting, right? Well, I was going to say, even just people's emotions and Emo- all of that, yeah, right? Like, Whether I want to take a vaccine, I don't want to take a vaccine. Yeah. I, you know, before you can fly, you have to have a show that you've demonstrated that. But what if you're under 18? Cause it's not even a proof of that. So there's a whole bunch of things. There's going to be people and there's going to be money. Again, we're kind of going back to that discussion that you and I were having about where do you put your money? Is it at first fitting up somebody's home and office, right? Or is it, you know, giving gift cards out for, for perks like mm-hmm. food, because that is a perk, Hallie. <laughs> like it's <laughs> yes, like, I get I the microphone of those things. Right? Yeah, the, the, or <laughs> I even heard like, you know, people giving instead of, of, um, gym memberships mm. because people are working at home, yeah. they're giving like dog park benefits like there or oh. like or like or opportunities for people to put their dogs in daycares instead mm. of gym memberships mm. so again it's just how well, do you yeah. how do you iterate your business based on the acceleration of these changes which are a little bit of unknown so what's the unknown with money well i think are you gonna make it yeah okay <laughs> right it's like where yeah. i also think of the economy that's i mean was well, not gonna make it right the economy yeah. the is there a federal stimulus that comes out as yeah. as this recording um which is December 16th. Um, this is coming out in January of 2020. Um, one. 21. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 21. <laughs> Don't crazy. send us back yes, to January. Exactly. Yes, please. No. Um, but there is, uh, uh, there is no stimulus that's coming in there. Right. And so who knows if there is one and, and hopefully there, there is and puts that money back in there. That'll, that'll be a bandaid to get people and hopefully the economy kind of moving forward with all that stuff. Right. Or will the, um, I'm just thinking, did the, the minimum wage did not raise. I know some companies some raised states it, to, did it. states did to 15, yeah. but I mean, that's a whole other thing, right? Yeah. Like that's an unknown that people can either bank on or not, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like your money around that. Where yeah. is it going to come from? Am I going to make it? How am I going to invest it? And how am I going to distribute it? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, those, those type of things that are always there. And then time, where I'm going to invest my time. How do I get more productivity out of my employees by giving them flexible schedules and different things? I actually think in general, if you give more people from most organizations, we already do a pretty good job of this, at least I think we do, of giving people the flexibility to run their day, right? Whatever that looks like, whether they need to go out for an hour in the middle of the day and show up in there or show up at light or take a Friday off or half a day off and come in on the weekends or whatever that looks like. You know, we try to do a pretty good job of that, but how does that accelerate, right? What does that look like now? And I always think that the blur, it's, there's, there's, especially with people working from home, the separation from business to work is, will be completely removed. Mm-hmm. And already technology has already started say, already doing it. Was almost well, for a lot. Yeah. But I think, again, this accelerated that trend of people now working at home. It's going to uh, obliviate that to a certain extent. And so what are the un- unknowns around time? Well, where to spend it? 
how to get your people to spend it on the right things. What activities does your organization really what it is, is it's time in this relationship is focus, right? And also time for how long the pandemic occurs. Is it like you said, do timelines get extended? Is it really going to be May right. or if it's not May, is it September or I was going to say, it, is it the end yeah. of the year? And you got to make sure that time you have enough money to make it through the rest of the year for these things. Right. Or, and, you, and you're saying, oh, school will be back. Well, then what if it isn't? Yes, That's exactly. A different time constraint. Yeah. 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 All those unknowns. Yeah. Um, people, time and money, right? Those mm-hmm. are the, the timeless things about wh- what to do with those. I just had a good thought and I just forgot it. Sorry. Yeah. But it's the, yeah, timeless. It's the unknown around them. And I also just had a good thought. <laughs> you know, I actually remember my, you know, so the, the unknown, yeah. right. It's, and this is, this is kind of, this goes back and just taking a step back and looking at all of this from a, from a larger picture. We really are not, when you talk about the unknown, we're not in control of anything. And I think if any, if this pandemic has been such a great way to showcase this, we try to be in control of everything, but you take a virus that's a smaller than a piece of hair, it shuts down everything. It disrupts everything. And so we're, while we're trying to get it under control, we're not really in control of anything. And so I think it's just a good way to kind of remember that at the end of the day, we're really not in control of anything. And that's embracing the unknown with, with courage, embracing the unknown with the ability to knowing that I'm going to, I don't really know what's going to happen. Cause you don't, you have a, a thought of what's going to happen. Just like everybody 99.9% of people in January would not have predicted what just happened. Right. They had a thought about what was going to happen. We don't know. Right. But you in can, general, yeah. there is kind of some trends that tend to happen that you kind mm-hmm. of continue to see, but we just don't know. We're never in control. So that's why if you can embrace really this unknown, what you can be in control of is embracing the unknown. And then, then then iterating or pivoting your business based on where the actual, what's actually happening in reality right now. Okay. That's, uh, that's what I was going to say, but you can control the decision that you right now make in the moment Yes, right now. Yes. Yeah. And so I think when, so when you're, when you're putting this into play, right, the, the big things that leaders are going to face during this time, it's people, time and money mm-hmm. as it relates to not being in control or really facing the unknown and not really knowing what it is. And then But what you can do is you can be prepared, though, for these decisions that come up, right? What I mean by that is look at what all the accelerated trends have happened in 2020, right? Look at those. Look at how they're impacting your business, your particular business. Look Mm -hmm. at how they're impacting your family. Then just knowing that these trends, regardless of what happens in pandemic, are going to show up. So then as they show up, how do I want to respond to these from a, from a business standpoint, from a leader, from my family, from my social interactions, right? What does my house want to look like? You know, as you said earlier, everyone wants to be outdoors, outdoor kitchens, outdoor eating areas, and not just outdoors because it's safer, right? They just Mm -hmm. enjoy being out on their thing. And that's why people are moving in, in, in large quantities to suburb, suburban areas. It's actually, I found it fascinating in that book cities, you know, were really populated at one time cities, like think about like New York city were flooded with young folks. Right. Mm -hmm. And they become, Mm -hmm. yeah, when I say young folks, I mean like twenties, right. They were flooded with it, like this nightlife and the city and, and then, and then they all flooded to it. That's really what kind of built New York city. And this is in the book, they talk about this and then it became such a desirable spot that everyone started wanting to be there. And then it made real estate so unaffordable that the people that built the actual 
or the city itself, you know, people in their twenties can no longer afford to be there. And so they're doing it. And so what the prediction is, I think in cities, if you kind of look at this pattern, who's moving out of the cities, it's, well, a lot of people are, but it's a lot of them are people that have, that are, that are wealthier, that are in older of age, 40 and up. Right. And they're moving out to make room for guess what? the next generation of the 20 year olds who want to actually be part of that to rebuild it. And so I think cities have to readjust their platform and readjust their services to a new generation of people coming into it. That's really going to rebuild the city. So you can see this is just an example of with these accelerated trends that are happening, people 40 and over moving out of cities, who really wants to be in a city, 20 year olds, how do you adjust to that? Right? Exactly. The same thing in each business, right? So what does it look like for hospitality? What does it look like for travel? What what is how is traveling going to be different? What does it look like if you own a restaurant? Can you take the care of doing some sort of takeout because people, at least for me, I, I never really like going out to eat. I've been clear on that yeah. for a while, but I tell you what I, my wife has become more accustomed to is actually getting takeout. Like instead of like once a week we do a takeout and she's like, actually not that I actually enjoy it more. Mm. And I'm like, that's what I've been trying to tell you, but there is a time that we do enjoy that. So if that becomes a trend in, in the world where so many people are like, it's actually not bad picking food up. Cause I've never really done it before. Cause I always used to go out, mm-hmm. but man, it's just nice. We have our own drink that we want to, or no drink or whatever it is. And we don't have to, it's just very easy to clean up. We don't right. have to wait anybody's time. And so is that a trend that's coming into as a restaurant owner? Like, can you, can you, can you service both? Can you have a really robust delivery service or pickup service and a really um, awesome experience for in-room dining? Cause there is that time that people really, and some people are like, I can't wait to go back to it. I love eating out. Right. And that's mm-hmm. their thing. So again, each business is going to have this accelerated trend. The key is to identify what, how is it going to affect your organization, embrace the unknown, but prepare for multiple segments of what could happen based on these accelerated trends. I want to invite you to join a free course that I'm hosting on January 12th. Actually, Hallie is going to jump in with me too, so we're super excited about that. It's called Cast a Vision, how to create a vision that moves you and also inspires others. We're going to jump in and teach you how to write out your vision and how to actually articulate and communicate it in a way that makes sense to all of those around you, your family, your team, and the public. So you just get everybody aligned. And then we're going to show you how to use that vision to actually attract the people you need in your life to actually help accomplish your vision. Again, that's January 12th from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And all you have to do is go to adamhergenrother.com slash events. Looking forward to seeing you there.